Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com. My name is Elijah. I'm a pastoral resident here at Missio Day Uptown. It's my second year here. I live, also live in Uptown. I live like 400 meters that way on Wilson and Broadway, like right next to Uptown Baptist. So I'm like right there in like the thick of it. <laughs> um, so originally from Lexington, Kentucky, just if you need any background, a little bit about who I am. Um, so for the next eight weeks, we're starting a new sermon series called Unstuck. Um, and in this sermon series, we're just looking, like we've literally been stuck in our homes. We've been stuck behind our computer screens. We're stuck behind masks right now. Like just, just so much just like stuck somewhere that we, we don't know what to do um, and how to get out. And in this first week, I'm just doing like the introduction and like open us up into what does it mean to be unstuck. Um, and so this morning we'll be reading from John 5. Um, so I'm gonna read that, verses one through nine. So it's the healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic, Aramaic uh, is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone goes down ahead of me. It's the word of the Lord. And so, um, so this morning we're going to just like, first we're going to just like, the title of the text is like, do you want to get well? Like, it's a question. It's not like, God's not going to just like force this thing upon you. Like, okay, we're getting well. Like, you have to accept, like, you want to step into this life of getting well. Because once you say yes, like, it's, it's going to be a process. Um, so we're going to like walk through this text this morning. And so the, the setting for our text is uh, Jerusalem and more specifically the pools of Bethesda. And this, it means house of mercy. And so around these pools, uh, in this area, there's like these big pools and there's just a multitudes of people surrounding these pools, like waiting and wanting to be healed. Um, these people all have disabilities. They're blind they're, um, and they're, they're paralyzed and just other disabilities. And we know that these people are gathered around these pools waiting for the waters to be stirred. Um, and in some manuscripts, and I know when I first like read this story, it would always say that like an angel would come down and like stir up the water and the water would like bubble up and the first one in would like get healed. But in this uh, translation and a lot of, in some earlier manuscripts don't have uh, that in there, like an angel stir up the water. But we know like the, later on when, um, in our passage, we know that the man is like waiting for the water to be stirred to get in. And so we know that all these people are just waiting to be the first person to jump into the pool and to be healed, um, to be healed like instantly. And when I was thinking about like this like healing and this like giant pool of like healing, it's like that's just like insane for people to think that like you can like jump in a pool and like you get just get healed. Like like people in the old days thought that, but we don't we don't think like that today. Like we know it. Like we just don't we don't think like that. But in actuality, we do have tools and things that we do use in the same way um, as the pools of Bethesda. We have 
things. I'm not knocking this, but we have like essential oils. Like these oils that we just like put on. We have um, our, we have the sandalwood used to calm your nerves. The tea tree used to fight infections. And we have the peppermint to use for headaches. And then also someone, like the really smart people that know how to write, they decided to like write down like manifestos and like self-help books. And so you read this book, you pull this book out and you read through it. And it's like, this is how I'm going to get better. Like, I just need to do these things, you know, like the whole like wake up at 7 a.m., eat this breakfast, make sure I go on a run. Like all these things are like perfect, but I have to do it all by myself. And like th- those things, like those essential oils, these like self-help books, like those are our pools of Bethesda that we like go to and just like, we're just laying around like hoping like, I want this to heal me. Like this is gonna get me better. I just gotta wait on my, my turn to hop in. Um, and these things are, those things can help, but um, we seek this kind of, we seek this healing. It just looks different. We just, and we don't need anyone else to help us. And the difference also between then and now is we can just like carry these things around with us. We don't have to go and wait, wait there. And so this place of hurting, full of hope and faith, um, of people like waiting to be healed, this is where Jesus went. Um, as it told us in the beginning of the text, like Jesus, went, Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem for a festival. And so I'm sure everyone is going to this festival gathering together, but Jesus decided to do like what Jesus normally does and goes where the people that need him and want him and have the faith are. He travels there and decides to spend time with them and even... Um, even while he's there, he seeks out the man that had been there for 38 years. And 38 years, probably this man has like, had lived his life like this um, for a long time. And Jesus asked the man the question that we're um, talking about this morning, like, do you want to get well? Um, and, I, and I love that Jesus asked the question of like, do you want to get well? Instead of just like walking up to this man and being like, let's go, like, you're healed, like, let's do it. <laughs> because... It, when, he is, when he asks him this question, if he says yes to this question, everything is gonna change about what he knew while laying on that mat. His life is gonna change, like his worldview will be totally different. He's gonna have to face, and he's also gonna have to face people. He's gonna have to face the Pharisees um, and people that are gonna know like how you got healed. Like what, how are you up out of this mat? This is, we know you as the person on the ground. Um, he's gonna have to, He's gonna have to probably like find a job now. He's gonna find a new job, find a new place to live because this, again, the mat is what he's, what he's known. And also people are gonna think that he's not, that not believe that he actually was healed. Like you're just, you were just faking what was happening. Like how, how, how is this a thing? Like you're, he's gonna have to defend himself. Um, and he's also gonna have to step into a new relationship with Jesus. And being a follower of Jesus, which has a lot of implications, um, it's gonna, it's, he's asking because he knows this, Jesus is asking because he knows it's gonna be hard and he wants him, to, wants him to know that saying yes is gonna be a new beginning. And I'm sure a lot of us in this past year wish that it came with like a disclaimer or a warning or a question before we like stepped into that new year. Like, do you want to learn about racism or police brutality? Do you want to learn about the experiences of women in the workforce? Do you want to learn about the inequalities of the healthcare system? And this last year, a lot of people learned the side of the world that has existed for a long time. And, and since we know about this and we want to learn from this, um, it has a lot of huge implications on how we need to live our lives now and moving forward. 
but this tension, this um, learning, this working, it's all necessary when we, as we move towards getting well and healing. And Jesus looks at us and continues to ask, do you want to be made well? And to this, and to the man, and to the question, the answer, the man answers the question, and he says, I have no one to help me get into the water to get healed. Like, I want to get healed. Um, every time I try, every time I get close, someone jumps in front of me. And Jesus gives, like, the simplest thing. He's just like, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once, the man is, like, cured and and reading a lot of commentaries and just reading things online about this man and his response to the question of, do you want to get well? It's like, everyone thinks like it's an excuse. Like, why didn't you just say yes to this person? Like, he's obviously trying to heal you. But I think that that takes away, if we read it a little bit differently, I think we can feel um, a little closer to the man. Like, maybe this man was asking this, telling Jesus that no one wanted to help him get in. And when Jesus asked that question, it was like, oh, this man that's asking me if I want to get made well is gonna sit with me and wait for my turn to go into the water. This man is gonna sit with me and throw me in the water when it's my turn to get healed and I'm gonna get healed. So he's asking more of like a hopeful voice rather like a, uh, I know one wants to help me, I'm stuck, this is who I am, this is how I'm gonna be. It's more, I think we need to give his, his voice more like hope because this man has, truly has faith because he is waiting beside the water with everyone else. And because Jesus doesn't ask like, do you have faith that I can heal you? Um, and so when, after, G, after he answers this question and Jesus like heals him and tells him to pick up his mat and walk, Jesus is disclosing a new economy of healing and salvation for this man, not one of a pool of, that he can do by, that he couldn't do by himself. It simply begins with him hearing the word of God to get up and that in the new economy, I think, is good news for us this morning and, some, and hopefully someone in this room or someone online. So getting well, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, we have to start somewhere. And this week, um, I, I was talking on the phone with Miss Brenda, Brenda Griffin. She lives in Alden Lakeland, just over in Lawrence, and she used to attend our church when we were able to bring it over. So I was talking to Brenda, and I was telling her, like, yeah, I'm preaching this Sunday, talking about John 5 and getting well, and I don't really know where I'm going, but I, you know, I'm gonna figure something out. And I'm talking to her, and she, she just gives me like uh, a 15-minute advice slash sermon slash just talking to me about like what it means to get well. And she was like, so if you're gonna talk about what it means to get well, like you need to start with Jesus. And I was like, yes, Brenda. <laughs> and so this morning, and I wish I could just like record what she told me and then just like play it, and I could just sit down. That'd be great. But... I did not do that. Um, so you have to get like the second hand from me, hopefully just as well as she told me. Um, but if we want to, if we choose to get well in this season, like we have to start with Jesus. We can't, we have to acknowledge that we can't do this by ourselves. We're gonna need um, someone else to help us in this struggle, in this uh, stuckness. We have to acknowledge that whatever we're dealing with from this pandemic or anything that we were dealing with before this pandemic, and this pandemic has just forced us to like stop and like actually look at and deal with, that we need someone else to help us get um, to get through it. Um, because before, we could just, something could happen to us or a situation would come up and we could just be like, you know what, I'm gonna deal with that this weekend. Like, I'm gonna wait, get through this work week, get through this week of just doing what I need to do, and I'm gonna deal with it this weekend. But then the weekend gets here, and it's like, you know what, I'm gonna rest. I'm just gonna take care of myself and go to sleep, watch some Netflix, 
and still never deal with those things that we said we we're gonna deal with. And so if we want, when, we get, when we're getting unstuck in this time, like we need to deal with those things that we have just been like pushing off and pushing off. And so if we're gonna start with Jesus, um, actually in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, the first two steps, like as you're going through um, recovery is to admit you're powerless over alcohol and that your life has become unmanageable. And the second is to believe that a power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. And I think those, two, those first two steps are where we need to start today, but they also go totally against what the world tells us today. Like, they always, I think the world is always like, you can do this. Like, you just have to try harder. Like, just do it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I think that's one that people say. And it's just like, in actual, like that, that's, not, that's not real. Like we can't do everything on our own. Like we need to ask for help. And when we do those two things, admitting that we are powerless and that we need a power greater than ourselves, um, we don't have to fight every single battle and fight those battles. We realize the battle is not ours, but it belongs to the Lord. And the power that the Alcoholics Anonymous is speaking to, I, I believe that power is Jesus. And what it means to step into um, acknowledging that power is recognizing everything we talked about last week on Easter. Everything that Jesus did for us on the cross, the life he lived, like he did that for us. And the same power that like died, came back again, beat death, is the same power that's gonna like help you out in your situations that you think are too big. And I know like to me it just sounds, it sounds so simple, but it's still like so complex to think about. Like, the person that beat death is also the person that's gonna help me get through my anxiety. Like, it's like, eh. But yeah, I think, it, I think it's that simple that he is willing to meet you where you are in your anxiety, in your mental and emotional um, unhealthy seasons and be there for you. It just, it's just about stepping in and being willing to start with Jesus. And when, you, when we're starting with Jesus and we have Jesus with us, um, we, we open up the field to like whatever the Holy Spirit is gonna do. And I think this past, this year, I definitely have leaned a lot more in the Holy Spirit and like use the Holy Spirit a lot more because we don't know what's gonna come tomorrow. We don't know what's gonna come next month. And when we allow for the Holy Spirit to like work in its magic and miraculous way, like a lot of things happen. And and a lot of those things are good. And when God begins to work and we start with Jesus, and God still, he works in miracles. Uh, I don't believe that the God of miracles is like done, like miracles are like happen way back when, and now it's just, no, there's no miracles happening, but I think that God is like actually doing miracles now. And again, to still from Miss Brenda, um, she told me that every night we go to sleep is great, but whenever we wake up in the morning, that's a miracle, and we should be praising God. <laughs> but, it, but so sometimes, like, these things happen in miracles, and sometimes, but often, in the way I've seen it, is it happens slowly and over time. And over time, I believe God uses people's spiritual gifts to help us get well, and we can trust God working through those people. Um, for example, the gift of spiritual counseling and the people given the gift of therapy, those people are amazing. I love therapists so much. Like they just have the way that they can just like listen and like they give like a nod that's like, wow, that nod says so much. And then they, they're yes and mm-hmm. Those are just like, they'll just like track so perfectly and they just know how to listen to things that you're going through. And 
we have, like God uses those people to listen to your needs and help you out. And I know this, so this pan, pan, past, this pandemic, I, for those that ha- haven't got a chance to meet, I am very extroverted. I love people. I get so much energy about just being around people. And when we were shut down for the, that first like segment of time in my apartment, I was like, I felt like just trapped and my poor roommate had to deal with all my energy 24 seven, but we're still living together and we're living together next year. So I think that we made it. (laughs) So I definitely had to get a a therapist to help me work through a lot of those things of just like being trapped, like forced me to face, like made me face like, what does it mean to just like, are you lonely? Do you feel lonely? What are emotions? This is a feelings will. This is how you feel. And like going down, like it was, it was great. <laughs> but it was also really hard to deal with those things that I decided to like push off for a later date. And my therapist, she described these things we go through as like emotional backpacks. Like every time we go through something or every time something happens, we, and we don't want to deal with it, we just like throw in our emotional backpack and we just like keep going. And we're like, we'll deal with that later. We'll just keep it in our backpack. But eventually that backpack just gets too heavy and it just like slowly like weighs down on us. And I think this, this, new, this new season is a perfect time while we're still like slowly open up to slowly like unpack that emotional backpack and it's just getting lighter and lighter and allowing you to get unstuck and walk in, walk in, in closer, walking closer to, closer to God and who he truly wants you to be because he wants you to flourish and by unpacking those thoughts and those experiences that we've put away, we're, we're actually participating in God's healing for our lives. Um, slowly but surely, we're getting there. When Jesus uh, heals this man in our text this morning, he gives three simple commands. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And the part that I was hung up on for most of the week was like the part of like picking up your mat. Because... First, because it was um, picking up your mat. He picked up his mat and was walking on the Sabbath, which you weren't allowed to do. It tells us that like, later in the text. But the main thing that really like, bothered me by picking up the mat is that mat probably smelled so bad. Like 38 years of just laying on a mat and in the sun. I've been to Israel in the summer and it's so hot and you're just sweating and it's just, just a smelly mat that you have to carry around with you. So it just, it made no sense to me why he had to take this mat with him. Like, go get a new mat. Like, you're living a new life. Um, But I think that mat is a direct connection to the 38 years that man has been um, living. 38 years, that mat is a direct connection to the life that man lived for 38 years. And I think that God wanted him to take that mat to show people where he had came from and also for him to remember where he came from. And, but I don't, when he, by like coming, like where he came from, I don't think it's like this like rag, rags to riches story. Like I started from the bottom and now I'm like up at the top. I'm not experiencing these like problems anymore. It's like, no, like you're still gonna, you're still gonna experience those. Those experiences from laying on the mat will come, will continue to shape, shape the life of you and continue to form you to be the person you're gonna be every single day. And that sweaty mat will be a remembrance of when, when he leaned in to Jesus and said yes to the healing. Um, currently, I'm reading a book with a couple of the youths, youth, youths here. Um, it's called The Me I'm Meant to Be. It's, a, it's like a, a, 
it's a Christian book about just like living into like who God is calling you to be. And we've only made it through one chapter, but you know, we'll, I promise we're gonna get through it eventually. Um, and so the, the, the part in the first chapter, the author, author says that God doesn't make us go through anything, then decide to throw it away. God doesn't make us go through anything and decide to throw it away. So if we decide to answer yes to the question of do you want to get, do you want to be well, we should be prepared to pick up the mats in our lives from this pandemic. And down the road when we feel like our faith is running dry and we're facing new challenges that aren't, that, that is not COVID or anything else and we're facing new obstacles that we can look back and see where God brought us, brought us from and look to where he will take us. And when I think about the Old Testament, it's just a constant, constant, um, constant remembrance of like God's salvation for people of Israel over and over again, even when it doesn't make sense, even when they did the complete opposite of what he told them not to do. Um, and so it's just like, it, we know that God's track record is, it looks pretty good. And I think that we can trust in that. Um, so this morning, I feel like a lot of the things that I said like in this question of like, do you want to be made well is more like focus more, more inward on how like I can um, flourish and be, get unstuck in this season. But if we look at why this man originally was stuck for 38 years, it was because um, no one helped him get healed. He was stuck there for 38 years. This man um, not only suffered physical sickness, but also human cruelty. 38 years of people taking advantage of him, pushing ahead of him, and virtually ignoring him. In those years of waiting, I'm sure there had to be one day where the man just like waited for like to get all his strength together. And he told himself like this day, like this is my day to get into this water. I'm getting out of this area. And he probably like, he crawled over there. He got over to the water and he was ready to get in. The water was stirring. And then he just ran out of energy. It's like, I... I can't go any further, like, I'm burnt, I'm burnt out, I don't know what to do. And someone saw this man wasn't gonna make it, and they're like, here's my chance, I'm jumping in, I'm getting my healing, and this man is stuck, again, back to where he um, was in the beginning, like, he missed his chance to be the first in the water. And so, yeah, all he needed was just one person to care for him and give him just a little nudge, give him a little boost in the water, and as we begin to get well and lean closer to Jesus, we, we need to remember, we need to remember to help our brothers and sisters who also need help. Um, are we remembering to be like Jesus and seek out those people who don't have anyone to assist them in the process of getting well? Because this, this thing of getting well is hard to do alone. Um, in the past two years of working at Missio, doing this, the residency, the biggest like practical thing I've learned and the, the, the most practical thing I have to share today is like, it's not hard to just listen to people and assist in their healing and them getting well. Um, just listening can set someone up for healing, especially in a society, especially the people that society is like pushed to the margins and decided that we're gonna tell you what to do and we're gonna tell you when you can eat, when you can sleep, where you can go, where you can't go, where you belong, where you don't belong. So by simply just being with someone that doesn't have anyone listen to them, like that does a lot to set them up um, for the Holy Spirit to do work in their lives. And this setup, and by you like listening to them, it's not, 
I think sometimes we get obsessed with like seeing the end of something. Like we're, we're gonna listen, They're gonna t- someone's gonna tell us something and we're like, oh, I can't wait to see what's gonna happen to like the end of this and I'm gonna be there for you. But that's not always the case. That's not always what, what we're called to do. We're just simply there to set up that person for healing, for getting well. Um, it's not about you doing the work. It's about you just assisting in that work. And when we set it up, we allow God, the only person that can heal, the only person that can assist, to offer himself to that person. And so with this, we just have to step out on faith that he will do the work that he said he was gonna do and the work that he's done for us. When we just have to be willing participants and seek out those, those that are hurting in this season and those that are gonna be hurting in seasons to come. So, we're, so this is just the first week of um, getting, getting well and talking about getting unstuck. And um, as we can continue in these weeks of talking about what it means to get unstuck, we're, uh, there are gonna be more like practical things that we're gonna talk about from moving from, from like isolation to belonging and like different things about that. Things that this pandemic has put us in, we're gonna be moving out of that into a new season of um, of unstuckness, um, but this whole over this like whole series, like this question of do you want to get well, um, should be like in the back of your minds and and something that you want to think about because stepping into this new life and starting with Jesus is going to um, totally change the way you see the world and change the way that it should change the way you interact with it. Um, and I think it is kind of scary because you don't really know you don't know what's gonna happen from that yes. Like you're gonna have to face things that you, that you couldn't even think about. And when I think about that, that question and saying yes to an unknown, I think about a family member. His name was Mr. Wayne. Um, as kids, me and my brothers, we would just be outside playing and just doing random stuff. And then Mr. Wayne would come outside and like randomly say, do you wanna, you wanna go for a ride? And then we would all be like, we'd like talk to each other, like figure out if we want to go or not. And then I would always ask like, where are we going? And he would just look at me and say, do you want to ride or not? And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> like, I, I just got to decide. I got to just say like, yes. Do I trust that where he's going to take me? Is he going to, am I going to have fun? What are we going to talk about? Is he just going to take me to like go pay bills or something? Like I, I need to know that what I'm getting in is, what I'm getting into is worth it. And most of the time when we went somewhere, yes, we probably went to go pay a bill or pick up something. But along the ride, we would have conversations. We would talk about the most random things, but those things would sometimes turn to something like serious or like he liked to drop like these like, like, um, little nuggets of like truth or things that you should do or things you shouldn't do. Um, and then often we stopped at the gas station. I got to get like candy or a, a slushy from Speedway. So there's always like something like good at the end of that ride. And so I think when we're saying yes to this question of do you want to get made well, um, we're stepping into, uh, stepping into a car with Jesus knowing that he's gonna take us um, where we should be and, and where we will be flourishing at our best. And so while we're going through the, these unprecedented times, I think that I see that all the time I'm ready for some precedented times, but you know, unprecedented times. Uh, we don't know what like the end of this like drive, what the end of this tunnel will look like. I mean, next month, like, don't yell at me, but we could be shut back down. I hope we're not. I don't think we actually are, but you know, who knows? Like, we don't know. Um, 
But we can, we can step into these times and accept, that God's, accept God's loving offer that we want to be made well, clutching onto our old smelly mats that have just been wiped down a little bit, knowing that God, as he did before, will come through um, with the miraculous healing and stepping into our story uh, and making us well in the end. Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown Podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.